Are you ready for a travel adventure? How about an exciting trip to Venice or an exhilarating experience in Bangkok? Maybe you were more about a culinary adventure in Barcelona or just a relaxing day cruising the canals of Amsterdam. Join the Professor Travel as he invites you on an epic excursion, one that has you traveling the globe with him. Come and experience a world of culture, a world of history and architecture, a world of food and experiences to broaden your mind and save you time and money as you travel. Learn more, discuss more, travel more, and enjoy life more. And now your host, The Professor Travel. Greetings, students, and welcome to this episode of The Professor Travel. I am your host, The Professor Travel, coming to you from Orange County, California. This is the website, the vlog, and the podcast that you come to in order to learn more about different travel destinations. This is where you come to in order to discuss them as a community. This is where we also go to together in order to hopefully inspire you to travel to new and interesting destinations and finally to enjoy life more. Now, you can reach me on a variety of different social media out there, including my website, which is at theprofessortravel.com. On YouTube and Facebook, I can also be reached at theprofessortravel.com. I am now available on TikTok at theprofessortravel.com. If you are an Instagrammer, you can find me there at the underscore professor underscore travel. I'm also available on Twitter at theprofessortr1. And then finally, if you're a blogger, you can find me at theprofessortravel.blogspot.com. Today, we have two of my favorite visiting professors, um, <laughs> Matt Allen and Kimberly Schaefer. Say hi to the students for me, guys. Hey guys. Hello. <laughs> now, I've had an opportunity to work with both Matt and Kimbra a couple times on their podcast, which is called Fantastic Cruising, which is if you haven't if you haven't had an opportunity to listen to it, I highly recommend it. You guys are amazing, especially in talking about anything related to cruising or cruise creatures. Um, but just for the benefit of my students, can you tell me a little bit about your educational background and maybe some places that you've traveled before? Sure. You want to go first, Kimber? Um, sure. So educational background, I don't have much, sort of. That's okay. <laughs> um, but as far as travel, I've been on five cruises. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, I haven't really like traveled the world. Um, so I started cruising in 2016. Mm-hmm. That was my first cruise. So I've been on five since then. The first cruise I did, I loved it. And <laughs> that's definitely the way to go. Yeah. Excellent. How about you, Matt? Um, so my education is in education. I have a degree in educational studies. Uh, I've, I've been teaching science and I've been a zookeeper and then teaching science for the last 20 some odd years. So that's my education background. My travel background is pretty sad up until I discovered cruising, which is around 2012. Before that, I had barely been to any states. I moved to Florida from Missouri because I love Florida. So that was kind of my, that was my exotic destination before that. Once I discovered cruising though, it opened up a whole new realm. And so um, I've been to a lot of different Caribbean islands, Mexico, Central America, and uh, hope to get, hope to get further out there someday. Excellent. Also, I, I have to, just for my students to know, talk to me a little, just a quick snippet about this picture that we have on the screen right now. This is so awesome. And by the way, even though, Kimbra, even though your educational background is not vast, you guys have a unique perspective on your travel and that you do a lot of things either either through scuba or through snorkeling and, and underwater. So talk to me a little bit about this picture. Where was this done at? Yeah, this was at um, in Grand Cayman mm-hmm. at... Eden Rock. Um, so you'll hear about it a little bit later. Um, but we went, we went diving. That was actually my first dive. I got certified right before we went on this cruise. Um, so I was really excited. So yeah, that's, that's where this picture is from. First ocean dive. Yes. My first ocean dive. That's right. That's right. Because you have to dive like, uh, like, uh, like on the shoreline or inside of a river area and during your first dive, is that correct? Well, yeah. So my, my certification dives, um, for training were done in, um, the Springs here in Florida. And then, um, right before we, we went on our cruise, I did the dive with the sharks at the Florida Aquarium, um, just to give myself kind of a, uh, you're certified, go do a dive before you go out into the wild. <laughs> That's excellent. So I, I, I really, I'm really liking this picture. You guys do, you guys do a great job. And I, as I said to my, again, to my students, they have so many wonderful stories. They have so much wonderful advice. Fantastic cruising can be available on a variety of different, uh, podcast, uh, locations. 
I download it through Apple. You guys are amazing. So again, just keep up the great work that you guys do. But for purposes of this vlog and podcast, you guys were uh, recently on a cruise uh, to a few different destinations, correct? Yes. Okay. Talk to me. uh, Where do we go for the purpose of this cruise? So this cruise was on the Brilliance of the Seas out of Tampa, Florida. And we went to uh, Grand Cayman and Cozumel. It was a five-night cruise, so one sea day on each end and then the ports in the middle. Fantastic. Awesome. Now, how long did you, in advance, did you have to start to plan for this? When did we start Uh, planning? I think think we decided to book it in October, November. Was it that late? Yeah, because it was after the other cruise that we booked. We booked the other oh, cruise right, first. Oh, right, right. Yes, that's true. Yeah, so that's I would right. say it was... We have another cruise, hopefully, for October. Yes, I want yeah, that one's coming up here really fast. That one's going yes. to the ABCs, is that correct? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. So, so, yeah, so... So, I'd say, I think October, November is when we booked this cruise, and it went out in February. So, just a few months before, we didn't go... It was kind of a last minute. We were like, let's just book it. <laughs> it's one of the nice things about living in a place like Florida, especially... Tampa is that you're you're right there by the cruise ship, so it's it's a lot easier to do sort of sort of a last minute ish or last weeks or month ish cruise instead of having to worry about all the other things that go along with with travel. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, you don't have to worry about airfare. You don't have to worry about a lot of a lot of like you know maybe just have a friend drop you off at the port if you have to or park there locally. It's not too big of a deal if that's the case. So. There are a lot of advantages. If you have a port near you, students, seriously check it out. It's actually a really good opportunity. And also, one other thing, um, just because I mentioned ABCs, I didn't, I didn't elaborate. Uh, for the purpose of my students, uh, that would be Aruba, Bonaire, and Curacao, if I'm correct. Yeah. Okay, yeah. good. Okay, yeah, awesome. Very nice. Now, in preparation for your trip, did you have to get any type of special uh, like travel visas, uh, travel medications, or did you have to prepare ahead of time for anything specific? The only thing that you need for your basic Caribbean travel on cruise ships is going to be some form of, of way to get on the cruise ship, which we recommend getting your passport. You can do a passport card or you can do a, an official birth certificate with the embossed deal and a, and a form of ID. But, uh, but there, there's some complications there if, if you're going someplace and you get stranded or something like that. So honestly, I, I strongly recommend getting your, getting your passport. Yeah, passport's the way to go. Good for a long time. And, and then you're ready to go wherever you need to go. Or yeah. if you want to fly somewhere or something like that. So that's about it though. The only, I guess the only other thing that we got ahead of time was travel insurance. Yes. Oh, and this considering everything that's going on right now with the coronavirus, I think that's probably the way to go. And I, like I, I mentioned to you guys, I, I recently was on one of their podcasts as well. Right when I was speaking with them, I was actually due to be on a Caribbean, my very first Caribbean cruise. So, and that one was canceled. And thankfully, I had travel insurance that got me out of that situation. And I got fully refunded for that. So, there are advantages to it. So, yeah, don't, just, absolutely. don't just think of it as like, you know, dropping the bucket. It's actually really good. So, well, the, the, thing, oh, the thing I always tell, the thing that sold me on travel insurance, because uh, honestly, like the cost of, of losing that cruise, like it, it was, it would have burned a little bit if we would have had to cancel that cruise. But the, the real thing that scares me about travel insurance is if you have a medical emergency, you have to get medical help or, you know, if you have to get like airlifted off of a ship, I mean, you're talking about life changing costs and stuff. So that's, that's what sold me. And usually travel insurance is not that expensive for a cruise at all. It's definitely worth it. Yeah, the um, I've looked into a different couple of different types of travel insurances, and usually there's a couple of different, like there's usually at least three different options, and the options are like just for like like almost like we have um, through the Affordable Care Act, which is like a bronze plan, a silver plan, and a gold plan type thing, where you know on the on the basic plan you can get some very basic coverage, but on the gold plan you can get like airlifted if you need to in order out of certain places, and so that can be very helpful. So again, thank you so much for that information. In preparing for this cruise also, what did, what kind of like in prepacking, what kind of weather did you guys plan for? Um, so it's the Caribbean. So, you know, sh- shorts, <laughs> t-shirts, swimwear, um, ready to be out in the sun. So yeah, it was pretty light. Pretty, pretty easy. Although I will say this, I mean, we did go in February and we were going far enough south that we knew it was going to be fairly warm when we got there. However, uh, 
leaving out of Tampa, it was a bit chilly. Sometimes people don't realize this if they're not from Florida. It gets cold in Florida, not compared to, you know, not relevant to like Minnesota. <laughs> yeah. but, uh, but, you know, it's, it's, I think it was in the 50s or something that maybe the 40s even that morning when we, when we got up. So it, it, was, yeah. it was a little chilly. So if you are going to cruise out of Florida and you're in those winter months, especially I would say January, February, you know, you want to maybe bring at least like a light jacket or something. And, and Kimbra went on a cruise uh, the year before, and that was in January. It was in January, And yeah. she was almost, well, she was a little disappointed for to some yeah, degree it because was, it was cold and like It was cold almost Nassau. the whole cruise. And um, yeah, so if you're going to cruise at that time, make sure you're going far enough south that it's not miserable. It, it's a little <laughs> surreal to be on a Caribbean cruise and it's cold. It just, it doesn't feel right. It's just, there's something yeah. like if you were cruising to Alaska, I'm sure that's like, you know, part of the experience. But yeah. when you're heading to the Caribbean, you're like, no, this should not be a thing. I should not be wearing layers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, can I, can I also ask you another question really quick that I, I just immediately thought of now you guys have a bunch of pets and, and preparing for going on a cruise. Like, how would you, how would you deal with that? Like, I, I know for most part, the snake, for example, you can leave for a week, but your dog, you, you know, someone's got to take him on walks and stuff like that. Like, did you have to kennel the dog or did you like, what was the situation? Yeah. So I use a service called Rover mm-hmm. and it's basically like a, like a dog sitter, um, app. That's not the word I'm looking for, but it's, <laughs> it's an app. It's also a website. It's a service, I guess. Um, so it's kind of like you go through and you find people that sit dogs. Okay. You ask them if they can sit your dog. Usually like they'll, you'll meet up, whatever. I have a, a sitter that I use regularly through, through Rover that I met, I don't know, soon after I moved down to Florida and she's like my go-to. So whenever I'm going out of town or whatever, I send him a, you know, get on Rover and say, Hey, my dog needs a sitter. She's like, cool. Um, I go drop him off. So it's, it's nice. Cause he's not kenneled. He's not, you know, in a cage the whole time. He's got that personal, um, experience. Yeah. He, gets, yeah. he comes back a little spoiled. Let's he, just be oh, honest. Yeah. He definitely <laughs> comes back spoiled. He's, you know, big backyard that he runs around in compared to coming back. And I stick him on a leash and walk him. But yeah, so it's, it's called Rover. Um, yeah. That's good. Awesome. Pretty good deal. Yeah, the snakes don't. They, we have two snakes, and they're like, you know, you as long as they have water, they're good for Couple a week, weeks. two weeks. Yeah. No worries. Awesome. And then in terms of sun protection for this kind of a cruise, because I would imagine even in like the winter months, you know, whether it's January or February, you would still need some kind of sun protection, especially in the Caribbean, right? Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. So we we brought lots of sunscreen. Um, I think. I usually do a, a lighter sunscreen and then something more protective for the face because I like to burn my face. Um, <laughs> not it's very, it's very appealing. So here's one thing I will say though, because we are in the water a lot, we're around coral reefs. We're very conscientious of that. So um, sunscreen in general is really bad for the coral reef ecosystem and, and even other ocean ecosystems it can be bad for so whenever we're in the water we try and wear rash guards we try and minimize the amount of sunscreen we have to use and what we do have to use we try and make sure that we're using a uh, biodegradable reef safe sunscreen mm-hmm. they can be sometimes it's getting better but they can be a little bit pricier uh, and sometimes they don't work as well so you want to test some brands out maybe but um but yeah if, if you do get a good one then that's definitely a something to think about Okay. Perfect. Yeah. Awesome. And then, um, did you have to have any type of bug repellent on this type of a trip? We didn't need any. Um, there might be some excursions that it would be needed, but for what we did, we didn't, I think we, we created like a, a first aid kit that had all that kinds of stuff and we had some, but I, we didn't use it. Okay. The only, the only place in the Caribbean or, or on Caribbean cruises that I've ever gone that I needed insect repellent was in Roatan, Honduras. There's a lot of sand flies on the, on the beaches there at certain times of the year. And I'm sure some of the more inland expeditions, um, if you're around mangrove trees, there's going to be a lot of mosquitoes. Uh, but most honestly, that's the only time of all the excursions I've ever done, it's the only time I've ever felt a need for insect repellent was, was in Roatan. Okay, excellent. Thank you. Now, 
you guys live in the Tampa area, correct? Right. <clears throat> okay. So let's talk about what I, how, what was the transportation like to the port? Was it, did you guys just take an Uber? Did you guys drive yourselves and park there? How did you guys manage that for any of my listeners who may be in the Tampa area? So we we actually drove. Um, so we work at the Florida Aquarium, which is right right between all the cruise terminals. So we actually have the advantage of being able to park there um, during nice. during our cruises and when we go out <laughs> of town. So we drove to the the terminal. We parked at the aquarium. It was like going to work, <laughs> basically. <laughs> and then we got on the ship, so we didn't have to worry about you know anything with parking or paying for parking or any of that sort of stuff. It was really easy for us. Yeah. The aquarium parking lot is actually closer to the cruise ship than the official cruise ship parking lot. So so it's, it's a little bit crazy. The, The downside to that is that all the times we go to work and we're not getting on the cruise ship and we have to walk past all the people getting on and off the cruise ship, that can be a little painful. You know, we see cruise ships when we're eating lunch and that sometimes that's a little rough, but uh, also kind of cool, but, but also a little rough. You know, and I wanted to talk to you about this really quick too, because I know you may mention on your podcast a couple of times about uh, the recent kind of cruise blues that are going on right now. A lot of people are wanting to travel. They're not able to travel. We're all locked in our houses for the most part, you know, except for going out for supplies and stuff like that. Um, But I'm starting to hear rumblings about, you know, the ability to go back on cruises and and planning for this. I know you guys are definitely looking forward to the October cruise. So I, you know, it's just inspire my students that are out there. Um, I just want to say to to all of you who are out there listening, keep in mind there's a lot of really great things that are coming up. Um, obviously, be safe, you know, be healthy. Uh, but you know, I've got to I, just from my personal perspective, I don't see cruising going away. I don't see cruising, you know. Um, you know, I, I don't see the cruise industry going anywhere anytime soon. I, you know, and I own stock in all three of the major cruise lines. So for me, it's just going to be one of these things where it's just, we just have to wait a little bit longer in some cases, but I, I can definitely see things moving forward. So just yeah. hang in there guys. I agree with that. And, and I think that, you know, people need to be cautious and safe and and you need to use your own judgment for for you like we're more worried and considering my like my mom's going with us and she's in her 70s so we're going to be a little bit more uh careful when it comes to that but uh, at the same time I I don't really cruise ships kind of got painted in this as this really bad example with the coronavirus and I, I don't necessarily think that's fair yes it is easy to transmit things like that on a cruise ship but I, I in the in the long run I don't think it's going to be any different than making a decision to fly on an airplane or go to a crowded facility um, I, I think it's going to hopefully get back to to where we were beforehand or, or amusement parks well, I mean you live right. relatively close to Disney World I live very close to Disneyland and those places have been shut down for a little while now, but I know that they're already in the process of starting to have plans to start up again. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's just a matter of like wherever you're going. But I think I, I agree with you, especially because a lot of the cruise ships that I've been on within the last, I would say three or four years have had uh, handless, you know, dispensaries for, um, you know, uh, uh, antibacterials and things like that already. So they were already used to things like, the neurovirus and stuff like that, which will occasionally crop up. So they're always kind of almost overly planning for these types of things, which is great in some cases. And and so when something like this happens, it, it's good to know that they have some level of precaution. And I know that there are some things that are coming off across, uh, across the, across the board um, to help with additional, uh, um, additional things like uh, social distancing measures and, and, and the like. So um, I will say, uh, moving forward, uh, when you, the students that are out there are looking into cruising, there may be some changes that are coming around the bend, but I think for the most part, the cruise industry is going to remain the same. And it is a wonderful industry. I, I, I try to like, ever since I've rekindled my love for cruising over the last couple of years, I have been going on a cruise every single year since. And I, I don't see any, any way of me stopping that. So I just want to share that with you. Don't, don't be afraid to do this kids. So, okay. Um, so in terms of, in terms of flights and pre-vacation destinations, that doesn't apply to you in this particular case, but accommodations do talk to me about the brilliance of the seas. What were your first impressions of the ship? Well, it was interesting because I have been on a few Royal Caribbean ships, but, uh, 
Kimbra, you had never been on a Royal Caribbean ship. So I was really excited to get back on Royal because my experiences on Royal have always been very positive. And this one was as well. Um, the ship, though, we, we see it so often, like parked outside the aquarium that, you know, for like the entire time, we're like, when, how many more sailings? And, you know, like you mentioned <laughs> theme parks, like I was like, I was imagining we were in line and how many more, you know, if you count the roller coaster every time it comes by and you count the people ahead of you, that's <laughs> kind of thing, thinking of in that respect. But um, it's, it's a great ship. It's a, it's a smaller ship. It's an older ship. Um, it's got a lot of glass, a lot of windows. Uh, so it's a lot of sunlight coming through. Uh, it's a, it's a beautiful, small ship and it's got a, uh, a section on it, which a lot of the smaller Royal Caribbean ships have, which I cannot think of the name the of. Right solarium? Now. Yes. Thank you. The solarium, yeah. which is a, which is an enclosed roof pool area that is for adults only. Mm-hmm. And it's got like a hot tub. It's got swimming pool. It's got a little, um, it's a glass roof. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The glass roof. Yeah, and, and so. it's got like a like a healthy-ish eating uh, thing there, and it's so there's some really nice amenities on the ship. So it's it's a great ship, uh, Kimbra. What what did you think? Um, so it was like you said, it was my first royal ship. So it was completely different, like world when we walked onto it. Um, it was really cool. It wasn't my favorite layout. Um, it seemed like a lot of the stuff was in the back of the ship and not much going on in the front of the ship, which was kind of weird. It seemed like like the whole front half of the ship just was not used. Hmm. Um, other than that, it was it was a really cool ship. Nice. I know this was your first time on Royal, and I, I promise you, I'm going to convince you guys one of these days to take a princess cruise because I know myself and one of your one of your listeners, Mary, is just yeah. we are we are like <laughs> we're totally princess people, and so um, and I've only ever taken one princess cruise, but I've taken a royal cruise, I've taken a couple of carnivals, I've taken a celebrity. Um, I, I have a cruise credit now with Royal Caribbean again. So, um, so I, but I'm telling you guys, I think you're going to find, you know, it, you're going to gravitate, I think more towards one or the other is like, cause you've been on, Kimber, you've been on a few carnival cruises as well, correct? Yeah. All of my other cruises were carnival. Okay. So this was your only other cruise. Matt, right. did you do anything besides Royal and carnival in the past? Yeah, I've done uh, one Norwegian. I've done Holland America. Um, I think that's it. Royal Caribbean. Yeah, I think that's I think that's all of them. Um, and mostly Carnival. A uh, few Royal Caribbeans, one Holland America, and one Norwegian. So for me, I honestly, you know, we we did a whole episode like Royal versus Carnival as comparing like these older ships and stuff. But but to be honest with you, I, I could be on any ship and I'm happy because the things that truly make me enjoy cruising are are some of the simplest, the most basic things. I need an open air space where I can look at the ocean and I need a way to get to these islands that I want to go and explore. So um, I usually look at price and some of the other amenities that you get and they all have their advantages and disadvantages. Uh, I know one of the things that, that Kimbra was kind of surprised by was that this particular sailing was a lot older crowd. And so there wasn't as much activity going on, which, um, we're not big like party animal people, but at the same time, I think that was a little bit kind of weird for her. Uh, so I don't know. I don't remember where I was going with that, but, uh, <laughs> but, but really, so, so different ship, different cruise lines. And I would say even more importantly, different ships and different times of year have different feels to them. So like you say, people find sort of their niche for me, the niche is whatever ship can get me to the place I need to go for the right price. And then, and then if I have some choices, then we'll look at some of those extra things. Do you guys have a full complement of ships that leave out of Tampa? I mean, like, for example, do you know if MSC also leaves out of Tampa as well? They will be soon. Um, yeah. So starting in, <laughs> well, hopefully starting in November, um, we will actually have six cruise lines leaving out of Tampa. So right now it's um, just three. So Royal Caribbean, Norwegian and Carnival. Okay. And then in November, um, MSC, Holland America, and is it Celebrity? I don't, I don't remember. Something else. One. There will be six cruise lines. I didn't, I didn't do my homework. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, you weren't expecting this question, so I was just throwing it out there. But uh, yeah, because I mean, like, I'm, I'm like right around the, I don't want to say right around the corner, but I'm, I'm relatively close to the port of Long Beach. And we have primarily out of there, we have, I think, Princess goes to Mexico. And we have, I think, Norwegian will leave out of 
Los Angeles, Long Beach in order to go to Hawaii and then down to Ensenada and back. And then we have several Carnival Cruise Lines that will head down to Mexico, whether it's on a four-day or a seven-day trip. So I'm always curious to hear what your perspectives are on this as well. And by the way, again, to my students who are out there, you definitely want to listen to the Fantastic Cruising Podcast. It is absolutely fantastic. Um, (laughs) In fact, you guys just recently did a, a podcast on... Uh, the things that you like that, and then the listeners chimed in as well about some things that they like about cruising, like their top three things. And there were some really interesting responses to that. So as we continue to go through this, we might, we might touch with on a few things. Um, what type of room did you get on the ship? Was it indoor uh, or inside outside or out, outside uh, uh, like balcony uh, ocean view? What kind of room did you get? Yeah. So the, the, room that we booked, we actually booked this cruise as our first cruise together. So we just wanted to get on a ship to experience cruising together. Um, So we booked the cheapest thing possible, which was guaranteed interior. We didn't actually know where our room was or what our room was until two weeks before we went on the cruise. Okay. (laughs) It was kind of fun. It it saved us a little bit by doing that. Not not a whole lot. It was kind of the adventure of it too. But we definitely were, were like, let's do an interior. I... I prefer having some natural light in there. I like an ocean view or obviously a balcony. Oh, yeah. If I, if that's in my budget, I'll always go for a balcony. But, um, but I was like, let's, let's do this. Let's just do an interior. Let's do Like you said, just go with the cheapest thing we can do to get on the ship. Because honestly, you know, I don't need to spend that much time in the cabin anyway. So how much does it really matter? So uh, it was an interior room and we ended up on what the, Eight? eight yeah decade yeah kind of right Just right in the nice. middle of everything yeah we had a really prime spot yeah so it, it worked out well for us well, and there's also a couple of advantages to having an interior room, but apart from just the price itself, um, for, for people like me who are insomniacs or who can't sleep, if there's even like a pinprick of light in their room, having the interior cabin, you don't have the outside, um, you know, like window that sometimes light can get in and stuff like that. So there are actually advantages to having an interior. So that can be kind of cool too. That, yeah. that is, yes, that it is easy. That's see, that's my, that's my problem though with that. Cause I, I like to sleep in there, but I'm always, paranoid that I'm going to oversleep at a port and so I'm constantly waking up what time is it what time is it if we over, if I, <laughs> I didn't do that on this one though I was good on this one yeah the bed was really comfortable oh my gosh <laughs> you wouldn't think that a bed on a cruise ship would be that comfortable but it was more comfortable than our bed at home so. yeah well, actually, Princess Cruises, I'll talk to them about. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That, was, that doesn't surprise me. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was like a hotel bed and, as opposed to Carnival, which was more like cots. So I think it was right. maybe it was depending upon the, the type of room you got. I didn't know we got a balcony on Princess versus like the ocean views that I've had on Carnival. But who knows? I don't know. Maybe maybe it's just a matter of preference. But we'll, we'll, we'll have to talk sometime about that type of thing, too. Um, talk to me also about like since we're talking about accommodations right now and talking about some of the things on the cruise ship itself. What was your, cause I've seen a couple of pictures of you on your website where, you know, it's, it's been, or actually you guys did a YouTube video that I think I saw a couple of YouTube videos, uh, specifically about this trip that we're talking about. And I think you had, you know, main dining room that you dined at. Did you also do the um, buffet as well or not? We did for lunch. I think we did one. Yeah, we did, we did one evening buffet. Yeah, we did buffet for breakfast and lunch, and then the the MDR for dinner, and then yeah, Mexico. When we did Cozumel, we did the buffet for dinner because they had a Mexican night. So and we like we like Mexican food a lot. So <laughs> like, like we love the MDR, but uh, we we happen to be going by and we're like they have a Mexican theme at the buffet, and so our first thought was, well, we'll just eat twice. But then we realized that, you know, that was probably a bad idea <laughs> and I'm not sure we were up for it. So, uh, so we decided, let, you know what, we, we started with the, let's just get a snack and then we'll go. And then we had, we're like, let's just do dinner right here, right now. Excellent. And it worked out well. <laughs> Wonderful. All right. Well, let's, let's move on to the itinerary then. Um, I want to, I want to maybe just, ha- I'm going to give you the kind of the reins to work with from this. Um, talk to me about the different locations you went to, and then maybe just a snippet, like one thing you could, that you liked from each location that you went to. E- even, I- I'd like to also talk about maybe some of the things you did on your um, at sea days as well, if that's okay. Sure. Um, so, well, the first day was a sea day. So uh, mostly what we did on, on our first and our last sea day 
was a little bit of relaxation. We did some trivia, and uh, I think those are the highlights. We played putt-putt. We did. We played, yeah, we played mini golf, putt-putt, whatever. Yeah. Our, our first day, we got up at like eight, and we like knocked out all of the little amenity things by like 11. It was awesome. <laughs> yeah, we were very efficient. Yeah. Very, very efficient. And then we had the rest of the day to just chill. Yeah, so that was pretty good. And then our first actual port stop was in Grand Cayman. And uh, that was the one we were looking forward to the most. We were looking forward to both of them, but really love Grand Cayman. It is a, a tender port. I can say that since it's on Royal Caribbean. If it was Carnival, I'd have to say a, a water, sh- shuttle. water shuttle. But <laughs> <laughs> which, which means basically, if you're not familiar with that out there, it basically means that the, the ship can't actually pull into like a, a dock area. And so what happens is they send smaller boats out to the cruise ship. You get on the boats and then you, you go over to the actual island. And these boats usually hold like 250 people or something like that. So it, it's not usually that big of a deal, but it, it can sometimes cause some, some delays and stuff. So in this case, we were the first ones on. We had something called the Key on Royal Caribbean, which gave us oh. sort of some, some privileges. It, it, like we got on the ship first and we got on the, the tender first and we had like some special a special meal on embarkation day and disembarkation. But, um, but yeah, so the, the shuttle takes us right over to the to Grand Cayman and you get off of the shuttle and you're in a little sort of secured area that has a few vendors there. And that's where a lot of the official um, excursions will meet up is right there. And then you walk through a security checkpoint and you're in actual main Grand Cayman, which by the way, is a really, feels really safe and comfortable place. Uh, lots of shops. It's very touristy right there at the port. There's a lot of shops. There's a lot of restaurants, but it's definitely got like a Grand Cayman vibe to it, which is, which is really cool if you like that Caribbean feel. For us, we were just diving with this dive shop called Eden Rock Dive Center, and it was literally a five-minute walk from the port where we got off of the of the shuttle so um i called it a shuttle so it's it's so close it's i mean it's so close it's like you when you're out in the water doing your dive or snorkel you can see the cruise ships right there so um we didn't do an excursion through the the cruise line um we just booked a scuba through this dive shop which i've dove there once before and the really neat thing about this area is that it's called eden rock devil's grotto is are the the coral structures or, or areas so that's why it's the eden rock dive center but the really neat thing is you can rent a locker from them for a pretty minimal amount and then there's a ladder there you can just get in the water and snorkel like if you have your own snorkel gear or you could rent it from them too i think but um which makes a really affordable excursion if that's kind of your thing for us to dive there it was a really reasonable price we did a single dive we could have done but done a two tank dive which means two separate dives i have a um, question for you actually yeah. actually I have two questions um one in reference to the key and the other one in reference to bringing your own equipment because i know you guys do a lot of your own podcasting so you're already and 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 the videos that you have so you're already bringing a lot of equipment do you think it's advantageous for you guys to bring your own equipment or rent it typically? Like what would you recommend? So it kind of depends. So we snorkel a lot. So we go to the Springs around here, um, you know, on the cruises, we snorkel or dive. So we snorkel a lot. So we have our own equipment and it's a lot more affordable for us to just have our own and bring it. Now, if it's something that you do like once a year, then go ahead and rent it. Although this is what I would say, though, like if you rent gear, if you do an excur- a snorkeling excursion, it's probably going to be included. But if you're going to like a private island or you're going to do something like this on your own and you rent it, it's probably going to average about 10 to $15 to rent snorkeling gear, uh, maybe even a little bit more. So if you buy a decent set of snorkeling gear, you're probably going to spend anywhere from a hundred to two hundred dollars. You could spend a lot more than that, trust me. But uh, and I have, but um, <laughs> but you don't need to to get to get decent 
quality gear. You, you can do that for around a hundred bucks. Go to a dive shop. Don't go to your big box stores, you know, get, get the right stuff. It's, it's like when you, when somebody buys um, say a telescope and they get the cheap one and then they lose all interest in astronomy because it never worked right. It's the same thing with snorkeling. The, the reason that you want to bring your own gear, because it, it, I mean, it is an extra bag that we take along. Yeah. The reason you want to bring it is because of the mask, really. I'm, the mask that you get at some of these places, it might not fit right. It might not be a very good constructed mask. It's going to leak. It's going to totally change your snorkeling experience unless you luck out and get a decent mask. Uh, fins, some places give you these little stubby fins that you might as well just be barefoot. Um, other places may not give you fins at all. Some places will give you decent fins, so I'm not as particular on that. The snorkel, it's a personal preference. Some people are like, I don't want that in my mouth. How many people have had that in their mouth? Um, do they really disinfect them? Do they really clean them? I don't know. That never really bothered me, but it's really easy for me to throw a snorkel in the bag since I already got my mask and fins. And it's not really a whole lot more to carry with you. So yeah, I would say if, if you're going to snorkel um, every time you cruise, I would at least invest in a decent mask because you can easily throw that in your suitcase. If you're going to snorkel once ever, then just rent it. But moving into scuba then, all of a sudden now you have oxygen tanks and other things like that. You can't very well bring stuff like that on a cruise ship. So You can't bring an air tank on. Yeah, if you do that, then you're going to have some problems getting through security with that. But uh, And then they're heavy. And honestly, even people that go to, like, say, the Keys from other places in the United States, they're probably going to – they might bring their own gear, but they're probably not bringing a tank, most likely. Some people do. But um, – where actually I've always rented my scuba gear, which is a, a basically a, a buoyancy compensator vest, uh, weight belt, and uh, the regulator that you breathe through that hooks to the, to the tank and the tank itself. Mm-hmm. However, one of the things that we're changing, because since Kimber got cert- certified, and now I'm going to hopefully get to dive a lot more, is what, what we've been doing through quarantine when we're, when we're not doing work is just researching scuba gear because we want to buy our own because it's going to save us money. And what we have found through our hours and hours of research is that there are a lot of travel um, type of scuba gear. So the, the buoyancy compensator vest, there are act, that's actually a category or travel BCs or travel fins and all that sort of thing. So um, I think that our plan once this, once we get out in the, in the real world is, uh, is to get some actual scuba gear. And I think we're going to take it with us on cruises if we're going to go diving because even that equipment, you know, it's, it may not work as well. It may not fit as comfortably. Is it going to, is it going to keep me from scuba diving? No. Am I going to have a great time? Even if I use the stuff they're renting? Yes. Is the stuff they're renting safe? Almost definitely. But it's, it's like anything else when you, you know, you get used to your own things and they fit just right. And then you kind of get spoiled and it's like, eh. and, and if you dive enough, then you're going to get your money back eventually just by saving that rental gear, especially if you can dive locally. Absolutely. Um, I want to get your take on something else just while I'm thinking about it. When I was looking at a couple of different tours that were done in the area, they had obviously, you know, scuba diving that you have, but they, but you also have these other ones for people who are not experienced scuba divers. They're kind of like a helmet that you put on, like an oxygen helmet that goes completely over your head. I don't know how that even works but I've seen these pictures of people that are just, it's, you know, you're not carrying the oxygen with you. It's actually being pumped into you from a, from, I guess a boat that's above you or something like that. Um, Are you familiar with what I'm talking about? Yeah, there's, there's actually a couple different things. So the one you're talking about is, is usually just called like a helmet dive. Uh, And then there's also one called snuba, which is basically that regulator you'd breathe on through a scuba tank, but it's a surface supplied air system. Um, I, I think those are, are interesting. They're, they're great for people who maybe aren't comfortable with diving, but they want to get that underwater experience. They're very controlled. They're, they have to be in shallow water because there are some things that happen to, to, uh, to the air underwater and, and decompression and stuff. So they have to be fairly shallow, but I have not done one myself, but I know several people who have, and they really enjoyed them. Uh, the thing that I would say as, as somebody who's very comfortable in the water and loves to be underwater, it's, it's one of those things where if you can scuba dive, you're probably going to like that a hundred times more because you have so much more freedom and so much more availability to explore. But if, 
if you're not comfortable with that, if maybe, you know, you're, you're just not sure about it, it's a great way to experience the underwater world. Excellent. One other thing I wanted to talk with you about just before we get back to the Grand Cayman, I know you go, are going off on a complete tangent. Um, I was literally just listening to Doug Parker's radio show this early, early, early this morning. And he had a person on there who also had gotten the key um, from Royal Caribbean. Um, what was your experience like? Did you guys think it was worth it? Yeah, so we actually got a really good deal on it, which is why we went ahead and got it. We were looking at doing the internet anyways, and the key includes their internet. So um, the thing with the key is if you get it for one person in the room, everybody in the room has to get it. Mm -hmm. So we both got it. It was only $3 more per day than the internet. So... It was it was a really good value, and I think it was like a really discounted price at the time. So we got lucky there, um, but it gave us you know we were able to get on the ship really early. We got a lunch from the Chops Grill menu when we got on the ship. Um, we could have dropped our um, carry on stuff there, and they would have delivered it to our room later, mm-hmm. which we didn't. We carried it with us because it was like our tech stuff. Yes. Um, we got. We got like a, a a la carte breakfast on disembarkation day. Yeah, disembarkation. And, and priority disembarkation. Yeah, you guys priority, got priority yeah. embarkation and, de- and debarkation with that, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then the um and then the excursion uh, or the um the tender the tender priority. going over to Grand and then Cayman. um there were special times for like the rock wall and then mm-hmm. nice I think rock wall was the only thing that our ship on this, had on this ship yeah but other ships like the the flight thing what's it called whatever the thing is that you can like. Anything, yeah. Any of the things that have a have a line. There's like special times that like people with the key can do. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. And and and, and my my understanding is that the key is is not it's not a one size fits all. Like it, it's different. Like key, like real keys. So, so it's not a skeleton uh, key. It's not a skeleton key. No. So so basically, it depends a lot on your cruise that you're going on whether it's worth it or not and uh, I, I know I've, I've heard a lot of people who are like it's worth it and other people who are like it's not worth it and I'm like I think it just depends like even not even on the individual but on the individual cruise you're and the that you're going on so uh, there's a lot to consider there for us like Kimber said we were going to do the internet anyway now to be fair we probably would have only got it for one of us so we did spend a little bit more money but it wasn't that much more and we really liked having the internet and the, their internet which is called Voom, is really good. Like really good for for a cruise ship internet. It was awesome. Awesome. And do you know, did they give you like priority seating for like entertainment as well? Or does, is that included with that? It is. it is included. We didn't do that. We didn't do any of the entertainment shows, which is not normal for me. Well, we did like Love <laughs> well, and Marriage and stuff. Yeah, but we well, you guys did trivia too anyway. So it's kind of yeah, like... Yeah, you know, we didn't go to like any of the song and dance shows and stuff. No. Um, I'm pretty sure it includes that. We just didn't and do it. On some of the larger Royal Caribbean ships where they have the bigger productions where you actually have to make reservations and, and that sort of thing, I, I think it it becomes much more valuable in those situations, like on the Oasis class ships and stuff. Oh, yeah. So on this smaller venue where the theater, and, and our particular cruise was very low capacity anyway. So there was really not a, a need for it, but in certain circumstances, like especially if you had like a Broadway caliber show or something, that's when you really get that bang for your buck. Perfect. Well, let's continue with Grand Cayman. Um, I know you guys were talking about, uh, you were talking about the coral reefs and, and getting into that. Uh, so I, I'm sorry to have interrupted with this complete tangent, <laughs> but please, by all means, continue. So basically we, we did our dive. We got there yeah, so early. We got there early and our dive, I don't know. I think we got there like almost an hour early because we got off the tender so quickly and it was so <laughs> close to the port. Um, so the guy was, our plan was to, to dive and then snorkel around a little bit until we were ready to get back on the ship. But we got there an hour early and the guy was like, yeah, dude, you're early. Um, so he was like, you can you can go across the street, grab a coffee, and come back. Or if you want to just jump in and snorkel, you can do that. So we decided to go ahead and do our snorkeling first. <laughs> so we jumped in, we snorkeled, and then we got out and got ready for our dive. We dove, and then we decided not to snorkel afterwards. But, yeah. Yeah, and, and let me just say that the other time I went to Eden Rock, uh, my friend and I, we, we had made, we emailed them back and forth to make our 
reservation to dive and we got there really early again. We weren't sure what time we were going to make it. And we were like two or three hours early. And we, we got there and we were like, look, we know we're two or three hours early. And um, they, in that case, they didn't have anybody else booked with us. So they were like, do you want to just go now? And we're like, okay. <laughs> so they are, if you are a diver or a snorkeler, but especially if you're a diver and you are going to Grand Cayman, um, I would highly recommend Eden Rock Dive Center. They were so friendly and nice and just great experience. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I have one really quick question for you there. Um, was it on this dive that you got, and by the way, again, for my students, if you have not, you have to not only get their podcast, but you also have to take a look at their <laughs> YouTube videos as well, because you guys have an amazing video that has an extraordinary video of a spotted eel that you guys saw while you were down there. I'm not sure whether that was Grand Cayman or whether that was a different That island. was Cozumel. That was Cozumel. Okay. Yeah. So we'll get to that in just a second. But I mean, <laughs> is, is um, for, for purposes of YouTube, do you guys, are you guys through Fantastic Studios or Fantastic Cruising? So it can be a little confusing because <laughs> we actually have both, but Fantastic oh. Cruising, our YouTube channel, Fantastic Cruising is sometimes our podcast makes it over there. Sometimes it doesn't, um, but, uh, but very few people listen to it over there. So we don't, we kind of ignore that one a little bit, but fantastic studios is our main YouTube channel. And that is where all of our video content is focused. So any of our, any of our cruise vlogs will be over there um, as well as like cruise creature videos and stuff like that, that we put up, but that's, yeah, that's where you'll find that blog is fantastic studios. Awesome. Thank you so much. So anything else that we did over there in Grand Cayman before we continue moving on? Uh, I think we, we shopped a little bit and then we head back to the, the ship. Awesome. Yeah, they have, they have like some pretty good shopping there. And there is, a, there is some hot sauce there and there is some rum cakes there, which I prefer. And uh, the, the hot sauce has a rather unfortunate name, named after a, a sort of famous, I guess, or comical famous, I don't know. Anyway, it's a... <laughs> controversial name too but it's really good hot sauce uh but but the uh but they actually the same company makes something called blackbeard rum cake and if you're a fan of rum cake it's my favorite rum cake i've had of any of the caribbean rum cakes i feel like it's it's rummier even though the one in mexico claims it's the rummiest i don't think it's, it is and uh, <laughs> it's just a lot a lot of good flavor so i was on a mission for this blackbeard rum cake which we found and i got my hot sauce and uh, it's a rum flavored hot sauce and uh yeah and then we then we got back we, on. We went to Del Sol. Oh yeah, of course. Oh, <laughs> did sunglasses? Um, no, I I actually I've been to Grand Cayman. This is my was my fourth time there, and I never went to Del Sol. So one of my things is going to Del Sol and getting something from every Del Sol. She does have sunglasses. I do have sunglasses, yes, <laughs> I like, but I didn't I didn't get them this time. I needed a shirt that said Grand Cayman. Okay. Um, so got that. All was well. Very good. <laughs> okay, so back to the ship then. Um, and then what was your next jump on the itinerary? Um, so the next day we went to Cozumel, Mexico. Mm-hmm. And that was not a tender port. And what did we do there? We, we went to a place called Chonkanob, yes. which, is a, which is actually a, a national park there. And so I've been there a few times. Uh, this is the first time I went, I booked it through the cruise line. And, um, and then I realized that, uh, here's a good cruise tip. This is a great example of, of, a, of an excursion you don't need to do through the cruise line because you can go to their website. You can get a very discounted ticket there. You can get a cab, which is very regulated in Cozumel as to what price you pay. It's posted everywhere. And because it is so close to the port, literally like a five-minute drive from the port, um, and we were there until what eight o'clock or something like that that night. Uh, seven, I seven, think. Something. yeah. Chunk and Chunkanab closed at like five, so I uh, felt super comfortable doing this. So we jumped in a cab, went to Chunkanab. Chunkanab is is awesome. So it's it's a marine sanctuary, hmm. but they also have they have a free sea lion show. You can pay to do a dolphin encounter, a manatee encounter. Um, but the snorkeling there is is pretty nice. You can do a beginner scuba there for people that have never scuba. So you can like actually try scuba diving there. Uh, they've got some different food venues. The one we got actually came with a buffet, which the food was, eh, but the juice, oh my gosh, <laughs> that was the best <laughs> juice ever. Uh, yeah, I don't I don't know what we drink in the states, but it's not that because they had. <laughs> 
they had orange juice, they had lime juice, they had mango juice, apple juice. Apple juice. So I, I'm a mango fan. So I hit the mango juice and like normally I'm like, oh, this is really good. It's mango juice. But I was like, oh my God, take me back to the well. <laughs> and then and then and then and she what did you have? I you, had apple juice. And yeah, and I'm like, okay, it's apple juice. No, no, no. no. No, this was, I was like, you should try this apple juice. He's like, eh, it's apple juice. I said, try the apple juice. He's like, just settle, settle down, you know? Right, <laughs> it's right. like, this is not just your apple juice. I don't know what they put into it, but it's making me a lot happier. Their, their juices were amazing. Yeah, the, the lime juice. I mean, it, it, and you think lime juice, it's like, it was like, lime, it was like limeade, but it was, it was so good. It was so I, good. I have two questions for you. And one is in reference to the actual tours and the other one's in reference to the food that we're talking about right now. Um, in reference to the tours, if, I, I know that I've heard from some of my students before, you know, they're afraid to do, they're afraid to book off, a, off you know, anything off, except for off the cruises themselves because they're, they're concerned about the cruise port or the cruises leaving without them. Was that, did that cross your mind in terms of, that if you were going to try and book not through the cruise? Yeah. So I, I am one who falls more on the side of booking through the cruise line. Uh, a lot of people are very, very adamantly opposed to doing that. Um, I, for me, it's situational. So if it's a, if it's a port that I'm familiar with, if it's an itinerary that I feel very comfortable with, like Chonkanob, like going to Eden Rock, then I have no problem booking outside of the of the cruise line. But if I was going to do, say, like a Mayan ruin or, you know, something where I had to get on a bus and drive for half an hour or more, yeah. um, I am probably not, unless that excursion is due back hours before the ship is ready to leave, I am probably going to pay a little bit extra money and book it through the cruise line. Um, a lot, a lot of my friends are, are a little more lenient than I am on that, but uh, it is a legitimate concern. And, and although a lot of these companies do guarantee that you'll be back at the ship, and a lot of them are reputable companies, so it's probably fair, uh, I still don't want to have to worry about them paying for a flight for me to get to the next port or something like that and going through all that hassle, where if it's the cruise line, I feel like it's going to be much less hassle for me. There's, there's not going to be a middle person to deal with. They're either going to wait for me or they're going to find a way to get me to where I need to go. Excellent. I would, I would agree with that. I think I'm, I think I'm more comfortable and, and I've had, I mean, cause whenever I've traveled without cruising um, to a number of different countries that are out there, I'll go through like Viator, which is a tour site operating um, website or, or app that you can get on your phone. And I've had nothing but the best with them, but it's always in the back of my mind that if I don't go through the cruise company, you know, it's gosh, are they going to leave without me? You know, am I going to, am I going to have to deal with all this hassle? You know? So sometimes I'll, I may, I may compare the prices and if it's not that big of a deal or if it's not that much of a difference, then I'll be like, okay, well, you know what? I'll just, I'll just go to the cruise company if that's the case. It just makes me feel more comfortable. Other yeah, I mean, is, oh. sometimes you get, I'm sorry. So, sometimes you get a better deal, but, and sometimes you can get a better experience if you go outside of the, of the company. Like for example, back in Grand Cayman, of course it's famous for the, the Stingray city and you can book that through the cruise line and, um, and you'll go on with like a herd of people. Mm -hmm. uh, there's another place called Captain Marvin's, which my friends and family have used before. And it's, it's a lower cost and it's like a much smaller group that goes. So their experience is, is a lot better for a lower cost. But that's another example of one where, you know, they're back like two hours before and it's, you know, so they, so they feel really comfortable with it. But yeah, I, I, I don't mind spending an extra 20, 30 bucks if, uh, if I'm going to have that peace of mind. Yeah, I think I agree with you on that. The other topic I wanted to bring up since you were mentioning these incredible juices is when, when I've been doing traveling, especially outside of the United States, you know, I'm, I'm used to getting pretty good quality food here in the United States. Settle down. Okay. Like I, whenever I travel, especially to, and I know you guys haven't been to Europe yet. We talked about that on your podcast before, but going to Italy, going to Spain, going to France, Good God. I, there is no way to just, there are not words in the English language to describe the type of quality of the food that I get at some of these places. So for my students that are out there, 
please, please, please get off the ships, get out of the airports. Don't do the McDonald's thing unless that's your thing. Um, <laughs> try some of the local cuisine because I'm telling you, sometimes it is not even comparable. There, there just isn't words to describe what some of the wonderful things that you can get outside of the States are. Things that you may have never had before or things that you might compare over here. It's like, oh, it's a pizza. I get those from Papa John's all the time. No relax. It's not, <laughs> it's not like that, especially if you're in Italy. They're they're they've been doing this for thousands of years. Believe me, it's amazing. So, just I just wanted to throw that out there. So. No, I, I I can give you a good example in the Caribbean where that's the case with food and that is uh beans and rice. So, mm. I, I, beans and rice are okay, like I'll eat it, but when whenever I go to these ports like I mentioned Honduras earlier and they have beans and rice at a buffet and it's just like, it's not the same beans and rice. I don't know what they do to it. That's different, but it is like a whole nother level of, of quality. Something is going on. They know, there. Their, they know their spices and stuff. Yeah, yeah <laughs> absolutely. And some of them, and so, in fact, some of the places out there, some of the islands, that's their trade is in spices. So it, you know, they know exactly what to use for certain foods and it's kind of a science for a lot of them out there. So, and, and especially the seafood, sometimes you'll get the best. I know you guys aren't like totally fish, fish people, but you know, unless you're like playing with them, but <laughs> you know, I'm playing with them. Um, but it's just one of those things that I think that if, if you're really wanting quality, like really good quality seafood, some of these places have it like literally right out of the water in some cases, it's, it can be amazing. So, um, Absolutely. so, all right, cool. So, uh, uh, what other stuff did you do while you were there in Chunkana? Um, so let's see what well, we got there mm-hmm. and we went and found a chair and jumped in the water basically oh. <laughs> <laughs> right into the water. That's my MO, but, but we didn't, but we didn't snorkel all day. We got out, we ate lunch. Yeah. We, we snorkeled a little bit more uh-huh. and then we got out and walked around. So they have like some trails with some, uh, what's the word? I couldn't think of it last time either. Mayan ruins, but they're fake. But replicas there we go <laughs> <laughs> they have uh like some replica ruins and stuff like that so we walked around and looked at that they have some crocodiles so we looked at those and the spiny tail iguanas which are the crocodiles are are i guess rescue crocodiles yeah the iguanas are wild iguanas and the iguanas that you should see in in mexico in that part of mexico are not the green iguanas that you see Everywhere, those are invasive in a lot of places, but these are the the beautiful gray and black. Sometimes they have yellow or white on them. Uh, Mexican spiny-tailed iguanas, and they they are abundant in this. Oh, place. and they are so cool. You'll see those in the video too, and yeah. the Cozumel video. Absolutely wonderful. So then you guys get back on the ship, and um, is it then back to Tampa after this? Um, we had a sea day afterwards, and then back to Tampa. Okay, fantastic. How was the disembarkation process to get off the ship? Uh, so it was it was really quick and easy. So because of the key, um, they we had a breakfast in um, the main dining area. So we got our breakfast, and then they actually um, took us right to get off the ship. So because we had the key, we we're like, okay, we're done eating. They're like, great, we'll take you. So we like skipped all the people and just like walked off the ship. So it was super quick. We were probably from the time we were done eating to the time we were like at our car was maybe twenty minutes. Oh my god! Yeah, it was practically the time it took us to walk because yeah, and, and because we had the key, we checked our luggage, which sometimes I carry it off, sometimes I check it, but uh, we. We went and checked our luggage and they had it in a special spot for the key. Now, it was also, like I said, it was a low capacity cruise that helped. But yeah, it was definitely, I I can't imagine disembarkation going any smoother. Yeah. Very nice. So let's talk about post-vacation thoughts then. Um, Thinking about this trip, I mean, what were some things that would be like a pro of someone who'd be maybe wanting to go to Grand Cayman or to Cozumel? She's looking at me. Where where do I start? I mean, I I always feel like, uh, you know, my perspective may be a little biased because I I am so into the marine life and everything. But uh, Grand Cayman is just a beautiful island and the people there are super friendly. And, you know, it, it just... It just feels like you're in the Caribbean when you're there. Like some places feel more like that than others. And I think Grand Cayman is is one that feels more like that than most places for me. Um, There's a lot to do on Grand Cayman that I've never done. And I've been there several times. I can't 
stay away from diving when I go there, but uh, I'd like to go there and spend a whole week. Um, it's just it's just a remarkable island, beautiful island. Yeah, I agree. I've been to the Grand Cayman four times. I've done something different every time and there's still so much that I want to do. And same with Cozumel. I've been to Cozumel four times. I have done something different every time and there's still so much more to do. So it's there's some ports that I've been to that I'm like, eh, what would I want to do here? These two ports, I, I can't think of enough things to do. Yeah, I think Cozumel and Nassau are probably the most commonly visited ports in the Caribbean, depending on whether you're doing Eastern or Western. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and I like Nassau is fine, but Cozumel, I could just keep going back to over and over again. Again, I, I've done a few different things there. I've been to Chancanob, I think three times I've been to maybe four times I've done, I've done a few other things, but there's still so, there's so much. It's like, you just have to choose which one you want to do. And there's a lot of variety. There's a lot of different things to do there. Um, so there's something for everybody. Yeah. I, I also, those are two of the ports that I've been to that I feel very safe and comfortable just walking around. So there's no fear of like, if I walk out of this little port area, what's going to happen? Like I have no issues feeling comfortable, like walking out of the main little port area and just walking around. That's great. And I think it speaks to um, the the revisiting ability of those locations, especially like you were mentioning where you've been to Cosmelt four times or you've been to Grand Cayman four times and each time you're finding something new and interesting to do. Because I know you're going to have people that... They're going to go, they're looking for the beach. They're going to go, they're looking for the rum. And and you can get that on almost any of the islands that are there. But if you're looking for that repeatability, then there's then there's something to be said there. It's just like um like the first time I went to from Long Beach to Ensenada. I went to go see a lot more of the touristy things. Uh, there's something there called the blowhole, which is a natural formation where it's like a geyser that's there. Um, so we saw that as well as some shopping. And then the second time I went there, I went on a wine tour, you know? So it was like a completely different type of situation. And in both cases, I had a great time. So I think, I think that's something that lends to people who want to maybe go to a port, but are looking to kind of step outside of the, of the norm. There are some great, revisiting revisiting ability to some locations because there's such a variety of things to do. Yeah, absolutely. And and these are these are two good examples of that especially Cozumel and Grand Cayman if you like if you like the water. <laughs> if you don't like the water like one one of the ladies we work with is not a fan of the water and she went cruising and she didn't like Grand Cayman and I was like, "How could you not like Grand Cayman?" She's like, "Well, I don't like the beach. She doesn't swim." I'm like, "Okay." And she works at like- the aquarium? Yes, yes. She likes the fish, but she doesn't like to be in there with them. So, so, uh, so I, I could see, you know, if if that's your thing, then you may not like it as much. But, um, but for the rest of us, <laughs> <laughs> now, what I would also ask is, um, you know, not that there's a con about going on, like there's pros and cons, and and sometimes there are cons about things, but I don't like to think of traveling and having any major cons. But maybe what would be something that a first-time traveler going to either Grand Cayman or Cosmo should be aware of? With uh, with Grand Cayman, I would say that the fact that it is a tender port, uh, I have always been fortunate in Kimbra too, where none of our cruises have had to cancel that port due to choppy... I- Water or I, I did have there was one time I went there that because of choppy water we actually had to um, tender further down right, to yeah. a different area of the island so we still were able to go but our excursion was completely changed and pushed back so like our plan was to go on our excursion and then go to Seven Mile Beach because the first time we had been there, we loved the beach because we stopped there for like five minutes and we wanted to go on this excursion and then go spend time at the beach. But because of that, we were not able to do that because we we had to tender somewhere completely different. So it wasn't canceled, but it did change our plans completely. Okay. So just to be mindful of something like that. Yeah. Yeah. You you know, a lot of people will say when you go on a cruise, and this is probably true for any vacation, you know, set your expectations to realistic and, and don't get too disappointed if something changes because it's, it's likely to happen in many situations. And Grand Cayman is one of those places where your experience could change depending on the weather. And you have to be able to be mentally prepared for that and roll with it if, and when it does happen. 
Excellent. Well, thank you very much for sharing that. I appreciate that. Um, any other things like any value adds or cost savings or best practices that you guys use when you're doing your traveling? Um, I would say book early or look at the time of year that you're booking. Uh, we we plan this cruise for February, which is you know right after New Year's and Christmas and right before like spring break. So we kind of hit that that middle spot there, and it's you know a little chillier in certain areas. So it was a lot more um, cost effective for us to do that. And then we typically well. I typically, I don't know if you do, um, we'll book in like the fall. Um, so like we've got our October cruise, which kind of falls right into that as well. So it's kind of like end of like hurricane season. Um, and then right before the holidays, you know, after summer. So it's kind of in that, that more cost effective kind of area as well. And then of course, the earlier you book, that gives you time to kind of pay off your cruise. Excellent. Yeah. I guess my advice, I would say, I mean, I could give you tips all day, but I guess the one one thing that, that really I think paid off for us at these two ports specifically is before you go, jump over onto Google Earth, Google Maps and do some do some research. Look at the layout. You can even download those maps onto your phone so you can take them with you. You don't have to worry about having a cellular connection or anything like that. But, uh, you know, map out if you're not doing an excursion where you're leaving from point A and coming back, map that out, figure it out. Look at some of the shops, you know, the, even though it's, even though it's Mexico and it's uh, Grand Cayman, they're still, they're still in the 21st century. They have websites, they have ways to communicate with them. They have things that you can find out information about them. You can make choices to plan your visit and you can have a better experience that way. And, uh, and kind of more comfortable, know what you're, where you're going, what you're doing. You're not stuck there going, well, which way do we go? I don't know. Where do we go? You know, that kind of thing. Absolutely. Thank you so much for that, Matt and Kimber. And by the way, thank you both for being on this. I really appreciate it. <laughs> and for more wonderful best practices, travel tips, especially in reference to either cruising or marine life and knowing more about cruise creatures, you can always go to their podcast, which is available. If you want to take a look at visit their, the site that their podcast is hosted from, you can certainly go to fantasticcruising.podbeam.com or probably the best way to do it is just, just go and subscribe to it. You know, I, I highly recommend it. I love your guys' podcast. You guys do an amazing job every single week. I'm learning more and more things from you guys. So again, thank you so much for doing the wonderful work that you guys do on that. Thank you, Absolutely. Scott. Thank yeah. you. It was fun. And I appreciate it. Now, if, if for my students, if you have any questions or comments that you'd like to know about, you can certainly send me an email at scott at theprofessortravel.com. If you're viewing this on YouTube, you can click the bell icon above you in order to be notified when new videos come out. If you haven't already done so, please feel free to subscribe. If you like what you're seeing, please give it a thumbs up. And if you're listening to this on um, any of your podcasts, um, please, by all means, I, I encourage you, please give us a rating. We really appreciate it. But until the next time, make every day a travel adventure. Thanks, everybody. Bye-bye now. The Professor Travel is a broadcast from Orange County, California. A transcript of each podcast may be requested by contacting the Professor Travel at his website, theprofessortravel.com. For opportunities to work with the Professor Travel, feel free to contact Scott at theprofessortravel.com or contact us through YouTube, Instagram, or Facebook at The Professor Travel or Twitter at TheProfessorTR1. Make every day a great day to have a travel adventure.